These are groundbreaking stories of South Africans with severe medical conditions and the innovative teams that have brought about miracles to help them. Welcome to Medical Miracles with Barbara Friedman. Type 1 diabetes, a disease of the pancreas, is on the rise, especially among kids, and finding a cure is becoming closer than ever. The latest technology became available in South Africa about six months ago, and it's the closest thing to mimicking a healthy working pancreas available right now. Keep listening to the story of this young patient and her family whose life has changed through this innovation. Pediatric endocrinologist Dr. Michelle Carey-Hill works at the Grotesker Pediatric and Adolescent Unit and at Red Cross Children's Hospital. She explains how the insulin in the pancreas works. So a normal individual, when they eat food that's got sugars and starches, that sugars and starches will be broken down in your digestive tract and the glucose will be taken up into your bloodstream. And that glucose is there to be used. It's used as energy, it's used as storage for later energy, and it's used as building blocks. But to get into the cells to be used, you have to make insulin. Insulin, a hormone produced in the pancreas, is the key to unlocking the door, which lets the glucose in after we eat. And what happens with type 1 diabetes is the body's immune system that should be going and fighting infection lands up being tricked and fools itself into thinking that the pancreas is an enemy, a germ. And it goes to the beta cells that makes insulin and it stops them from working. It's an autoimmune disease and they don't know exactly what causes it. It looks like you're born with a genetic predisposition, okay? And then from other things, other environmental, infectious stressors, that, that's trigger that makes your body get fooled into thinking your beta cells are the enemy. We don't understand why it's happening. Type 1 diabetes used to be called juvenile diabetes and the onset can begin any time up until 35 years old, but it shouldn't be confused with type 2 diabetes. The autoimmune systems of people with type 2 diabetes don't attack the beta cells like in type 1. Instead, type 2 is characterized by the body losing its ability to respond to insulin, and this is known as insulin resistance. But doctors say the age of type 1 diagnosis is getting younger and younger. When I was a medical student, we were taught type 1 diabetics happens in the middle years of school, the 12, 13, 14-year-olds. Now, and then it was younger, like 8, 19-year-olds. I've recently had three diabetics diagnosed in the last three weeks, all under three. One baby was just six months old. Journalist Catherine Rice's daughter, Maya, now nine years old, was diagnosed seven years ago. She was just 23 months old at the time. She was, she was a baby, she was a toddler, and she was drinking bottles at night, but many bottles. She wanted four bottles at night instead of one, you know, and, and she, was, she would wake up in the morning and her nappy would be full, full, full. And I thought, well, she's drinking a lot and therefore she's weighing a lot. It's one of the first symptoms is excessive thirst, excessive urination, weight loss, tiredness, grumpiness, and she was always grumpy, and I just kind of put it down to the terrible twos. In fact, that day while driving to work, Catherine heard a talk on the radio about symptoms of childhood diabetes, and she realized this could be what was ailing Maya. They quickly took her to the doctor for tests. My cell phone lit up, and it was the pediatrician's number, and I just knew in that second that it was not going to be good news. 
And he said, um, I'm terribly sorry to tell you, but your daughter has di diabetes and you need to be admitted to hospital immediately. And we checked in. I didn't want to leave the hospital. I think I stayed there for eight nights with her. I was terrified of leaving. It's a very rapid onset in children. And so what happened was they think, although the doctors told me, that they thought that she'd had it probably for about three weeks. But because it's so rapid, a child can go into a diabetic coma so it's, and the organs can fail. So that's, that's why it's so critical that if you see these symptoms, not to ignore them. For parents, the treatment and management of type 1 diabetes in their young children is challenging and above all, unrelenting. There's just never a break. Dr. Carrie Hill explains the old-fashioned way the disease is treated. Regular blood samples are taken via tiny pinpricks and measured on a glucometer. The calculation of sugar levels to food ratio is then done and syringes are used to inject the required insulin the body's pancreas just cannot make. There's a basal insulin, also known as background insulin, that once injected works throughout the day keeping the levels stable. And then a larger amount of insulin, called the bolus, is injected before every meal to cover the increased sugar load of the food ingested. It's a constant balancing act to maintain the right levels. While there's nothing wrong with this method, it's pretty rigid. And for many families in this day and age, a more flexible system is preferable. It's not easy because it's not a matter of just giving insulin. It's not like taking your blood pressure pill in the morning and then you've forgotten about it for the rest of the day. Uh -uh. It's an ongoing permanent balance. And that's what, where the technology comes in. So about seven years ago, an insulin pump became available. It offers that flexibility Dr. Carrie Hill talks about. To be extremely flexible, you have to be able to change that insulin dose minute by minute. And to do that, you would either have to inject minute by minute, which nobody's going to do, or you can actually implant a tiny little cannula under the skin, connect that to an insulin supply with a syringe that's been driven minute by minute. Most insulin pumps are about the size of a pager and contain a reservoir of insulin, a pumping mechanism, a battery, computer chip and screen. They're worn outside of the body on a belt, carried in a pocket, attached to a holster and connected by a thin plastic tubing to the infusion set. The infusion set is the connector that allows insulin to flow from the pump into the skin. It's attached to the skin with a strong adhesive. On the underside of the infusion set, there's a short fine cannula or tube that passes through the skin and rests in the subcutaneous fatty tissue. The device is then programmed to drive the correct dose of insulin needed at all times. A background level throughout the day a bolus before meals, and then any necessary corrections when needed. It has a bolus wizard, which your doctor works out for you and helps you with. And then depending on how many carbohydrates your child's eating, the little computer, the wizard, works out how much insulin she needs and it delivers it through the pipe, through the cannula and into the skin and into her body. We used to prick Maya's finger 10 times a day and that you squeeze a little drop of blood and it feeds into a little strip that is attached to a glucometer machine and that gives you the blood sugar reading. Now they only need to finger prick twice a day in order to give the device real blood to work from. And instead of up to eight injections a day, the pump does that job. The cannula does need to be changed every three days but that's one needle insertion as opposed to many pricks and injections every day. An insulin pump allows for a lot more flexibility and it, it mimics the pancreas 
in a way that syringe management cannot do. It, it changed her life completely because it gave her flexibility. You have a spring-loaded device which inserts the cannula into her bottom, into the skin, into the fat, and then you take the spring-loaded device off and you pull the needle out. So it's like having one injection every three days as opposed to having four or five injections every day. What's brilliant about the insulin pump is that it, de it, it delivers this fast-acting insulin little bits, little bits all through the day, just like a non-diabetic. So it's mimicking the pancreas. And then when you, your child eats, she gets a, what is called a bolus injection. So then the pump de delivers a lot more insulin at once to now cover that meal. And so it's mimicking the pancreas, which is amazing. But the other piece of technology that has really changed their lives is the Continuous Glucose Monitoring System, or CGM. The original model has been around for a few years. It works hand-in-hand -hand with the insulin pump. The traditional four pinpricks a day tested in a glucometer is only able to provide limited amounts of information on how the child's sugar levels are performing. It's like watching a movie and you're not allowed to watch the movie except for four moments where you press pause and you see the picture on the screen four times in the movie. Try and make a movie sense out of that. But actually, if you want to move on to the next stage of technology, you want a pump that is augmented with the ability to actually measure the sugar all the time. So scientists came up with the CGM device, which provides a constant reading of the sugar levels. And so that's where this one comes into play. So you now have the ability, by inserting a different tiny little filament under the skin, this is called an electrode, by inserting that tiny little electrode under the skin, that measures the sugar every five minutes and transmits the, the sugar readings to the pump every five minutes so that you can then look at the pump and see what your trend is. And you can see if your sugar's going up, if it's going down, or if it's staying nice and stable. It gives you graphs. You can download the information onto, onto a computer and see exactly where she's peaking and where she's troughing and where, where she starts to slide and exactly what's going on. But now there's an even newer development. It's only been available in South Africa this past year. A brand new life-saving feature has been added to the pump and CGM system. It came to South Africa about a few months ago. So we were one of the first in the country and it's the most incredible device. The biggest dangers for kids with type 1 diabetes is on the one hand not having enough insulin, which can result in hyperglycemic shock. But the second danger is when the insulin injected into the body becomes too high because the child has not eaten food to compensate and then they have what's called a hypoglycemic attack, become mentally confused and can go into a coma, something that tends to occur at night when the child is sleeping. So both sides of the coin are life-threatening. Now the latest CGM has a built-in switch-off system and alarm, so if the body is getting too much insulin while your child is sleeping, it'll automatically cut insulin delivery and prevent the child going into hypoglycemic shock, one of parents' worst fears, and then two hours later, it will turn the insulin delivery back on. The fantastic thing about it is that what most parents of type 1 diabetics really battle with is nighttime because you must check your child at 2 in the morning to avoid the hypos because you, you, nighttime hypos can be very dangerous. And what this does, and which is why I think it's the most fantastic thing, 
is if the sensor picks up that her sugar levels are going down, the sensor with its little computer brain switches off the pump and stops the insulin being delivered so it acts as a, like an airbag before the crash. It would prevent her going unconscious. We've had instances where when we're so used to getting up at night that we get up every night anyway and check, but we check on her and where she's gone very low, um, the pump switched off automatically and then resumed two hours later. So it's an incredible advance that they've made in technology. Instead of just switching off when your sugar's hit a low threshold already, it's got a very clever brain in it. It's got an algorithm built in that is forecasting Watching the pattern of your sugar, is your sugar going to be low? And it actually does what's called a predict low suspend. So it goes, this person's sugar's on the way down. I'm not going to let it go all the way down. And it switches off insulin delivery. By doing so, it's not giving you an overdose of insulin for what your body needs. And so your own corrective mechanism can now kick in. With the insulin switched off, the body can use its own glucagon, the hormone responsible for letting the insulin out of the pancreas, and ensure the sugar levels get into normal range. Like the insulin pump, the CGM is inserted with the same kind of spring-loaded device, but only every six days. We are so much closer to a cure than we were in the previous 10 years. It's, it's so exciting. But for now, the pump and monitor is the closest thing to an artificial pancreas, and it does an excellent job. And Catherine says it makes her daughter's life a lot easier. You've got to find the balance and try not to be too much of a helicopter parent because it's, you know, all they really want to do is have some independence and she wants to go on play dates without me. I mean, she wants to go for sleepovers without me and she's doing that and she's responsible and she's taking responsibility and we're giving that to her as much as we possibly can because at the end of the day, she will grow up and she will have to live with it and I want her to be able to cope with whatever comes her way. Doctors are hopeful that there is a cure in the pipeline and that is what I hope for every day, that one day she could be cured and I think that it's going to happen. It's going to happen in her lifetime. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Medical Miracles. Visit 702.co.za for more intriguing stories.